This is Show Me Your Mic. I'm your host, Chris Enns, and I'll be talking to other podcasters about podcasting. For episode three, I'm joined by Tim Smith of the East Wing. So, hello and welcome to Show Me Your Mic, the podcast that aims to talk to other podcasters about podcasting. This is episode three, and I'm joined by Tim Smith of the East Wing Podcast, a podcast that talks with industry experts about design, solving problems, and the keys to creating products with value. And I'm just reading his description, of course, there. And uh, it's a show that's new to me, but is has been recommended far and wide uh, from various folks uh, within the web industry and then just other folks as well. All sorts of stuff that he talks about. So, Tim, you're there? Yes. Hello. Wow, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. It was a, Thank you for having me. I forget to know. I should I should have I didn't even think of this. I should have got credit to where credit is due. There's some a listener of an earlier episode of my show that recommended you. And that's sort of how we got connected here. And Yeah, uh, that's that's so nice. Um I think it was Matt Steele. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, as soon as you said that. I totally picture his uh, Matt Steele, his sort of memorable Skype handle, and well, obviously his name too. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, he's a so, nice guy. We we actually get together every once in a while here in Minneapolis and and have coffee or dinner or something. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was just gonna say you're based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and uh, similar temperature. I'm assuming to probably what. <laughs> I have to, I was going to say, I was just doing some research for, for about you and for the show, and uh, I noticed there's another show doing something s- somewhat similar to what I'm doing here called Podcast Champion, and I'll have a link in the show notes to that episode, but um, talking about podcasting and gear and, you know, all that kind of stuff, yeah. which is awesome. That's, there's, the more the merrier. I think I can, uh, like we said before we start recording, we can, podcasters can talk about podcasting, I think till they're blue in the face and then keep going so <laughs> but ironically you're you're on episode three of that of his show and you're on episode three of this show so maybe that's your oh your shtick it'll be episode three guy <laughs> <laughs> nice so, yeah but anyways i heard in there that you're you're in minnesota and so yeah temperature wise you're chilly today i'm assuming oh yes uh yesterday it was very very cold i mean with wind chill recently we've been getting into the definitely below zeros uh i think we were be- we were 20 below zero on monday um which uh, which is uh, which is pretty bad um <laughs> and you know it's sad because you know you live in a cold place when you're like oh my goodness it's warming up it's eight degrees yeah exactly. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> thank god so yeah that's what i deal in celsius up here in, in canada but yeah it's the same it's just like it went from it was minus five Celsius, which so I can't remember what that. Uh, here, let's do a quick conversion. So, I'm sure this is really interesting. Why people tune in? Twenty three Fahrenheit. Um, <laughs> it was minus five one day, and then the next day it dropped to minus thirty five <laughs> Celsius, which is minus thirty one Fahrenheit. Wow! And then went back up a week later to somewhere in the whatever's warmer, anyways. But it's still freezing, and you see people in like just little flimsy jackets and <laughs> shorts. Yeah. And <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is it's funny because that's what's interesting about podcasting. You're talking to folks all over the world, really. And I know another show I I help produce, the Non-Breaking Space Show. A lot of those guys are based in Austin, and talking about wind chill, and they're like, "What does that oh. mean?" 
<laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. That's like right now, everybody in Texas, California, Arizona, Nevada, all of those states, they make me sick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, universal. That's the one thing Canada has going for it. Well, I mean, there's lots of things Canada has going for it, but we almost universal. Like there is definitely nicer areas, but if it's winter, it's winter everywhere. And it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We share that misery together. So podcasting, that's what we were actually here for, <laughs> not, not weather. And <laughs> um, Talk to me a little bit about the E-String. Like I said in, in sort of the intro, I, it's, it's a new show to me, but has been recommended far and wide. And so um, what is the E-String exactly in sort of your, your reason for getting into podcasting with that show? Um. So, so the East Wing is uh, is like you said a, a show uh, that talks to designers, front end developers about design, um, user experience. We we sometimes get into front end development. Um, when I started the show, we didn't get into much front end development because I, I wasn't really comfortable talking about code and and how I did code because I thought I sucked. <laughs> um, Amen. But yeah, uh, but as, as time has gone on and, and I felt more comfortable with, with my coding chops, I guess we, we started talking more about front end development and, um, and it's interesting cause I was thinking about this interview yesterday and, uh, and I, I, I realized that I, I, I've learned more about my craft in the past year that I've been doing the show than I did in the, uh, that I did in, in, in like the three years previous to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's because of all of the smart people that have been so gracious to be on the show, um, have, have helped me tons. And it's, and it's interesting because I, I've tried to keep up more. Um, and, and that's how I find these people to talk to because I'm, I'm noticing that they're, they're doing something, um, interesting or, or, or pushing the web further um, uh, w- with their work. So, um, and and the reason why I started the show, I, I would have to say it's arrogance because I I at the time there weren't uh, a, a couple of the other popular design podcasts that are out now, um, and I thought you know what I, I can do a better job than than what is out right now, and. Uh, so I just I started the podcast and and well I I think it's gone pretty well so far so yeah you just uh, passed over your your birthday or whatever of the podcast yep. is that true yeah we're we're a year in uh, which is which is so so surprising really it's it's gone really quickly um, and I, I I sent this out as a tweet the other day through through our Twitter account. Um, but when we started the show, <laughs> there were seven people subscribed to the newsletter, and uh, and now a year later, we, you know, we we average about twenty thousand listens a month, um, wow. which which is just so so exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's awesome, and uh, obviously doing a great job. That's it's an interesting. Um, dynamic i guess when you have a show a podcast or a show that's based around a guest each week you d- you're doing it weekly or mostly weekly is a every week every yep. week so you're, I, i've missed a couple of weeks but mostly every week and do you uh um you pre-record and then publish later i, I assume just from listening to the few episodes it doesn't sound like you're doing the live thing that's somewhat popular right now but 
Right. Um, and, and that's about to change, actually. Oh. So right now what we're doing is is we're recording on Tuesdays and we're publishing on Wednesday. Um, but in in the near future, we're, we're going to start doing the show live. Nice. Yeah, it's a fun element that adds once uh, I've done a few of them with uh, testing out some services and things like that. And, and I know in episode two of this show, when I talked to, uh, to Dave um, Rupert of the talk show, shop talk show, not the talk show. <laughs> That's another <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, I think it takes a couple episodes of, get, of doing that live stuff to sort of get the idea of and not get too distracted by all the stuff going on. Right. Because when you say we, uh, talking about the show, is it is there other people involved or is it basically just you at this point? Um, it's it's basically just me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that's what I mean, the... Not to, I'm the same way as I often refer to it as we, because it feels like, I think, I think there's a certain element of involving your listeners. I think that's kind of like a collective yeah. group of people doing this thing. And even though really you're the one who's staying up until two in the morning, whatever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> editing, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, where I was going with that originally, I guess, was the, when you have an interview show, um, with guests each week, you're kind of at the mercy, so to speak of their, what the audience they bring to the show until right. you've sort of reached a point, I guess, of you have your own audience that listens no matter who the guest is. And uh, right. looking at back over the year, I guess, and I know I didn't, I didn't prep you with any of these questions, so I don't expect you to just pull numbers <laughs> out of your hat, but, you know, did you notice a sort of a, uh, I don't even know what the stats term is, a delta maybe or something, feels like the right word, but a point where it was like, no, we always get this number of listeners, but then if we have a whatever, a Jeffrey Zeldman or somebody, some bigwig in the industry on, then it'll, it'll double or whatever for that one episode. But was there kind of like, or was it just kind of a gradual growth? Um, life? I, well, the, the first thing that I've noticed is that, uh, people are not as popular as you might think. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've noticed that, you know, even, even when, because most, most of the people on the show, um, have, are people that are popular within within the industry, and I've I'm, I've been trying to change that. I I, I try to invite lesser known uh, designers and and as well, but uh, most of the people are pretty popular, and I've noticed that uh, they they don't really bring huge audiences. Um, you know, we at this point I think we've established an audience, so we we get about the same listeners per show. Um, no matter who the guest is, uh, there has only been one or two guests that I felt like, oh my goodness, like that their shows doubled in listenership. And that was Andy Clark um, from from uh, his uh, his agency stuff and no and no nonsense, I believe that's what it's called. Um, he's from the UK. Mm-hmm. And also the other guest was Tim Van Dam, um, the the user the user interface designer for, for Instagram, one of the universe, uni- ah, oh, geez, I can't talk today. <laughs> okay. One of the user interface designers for Instagram. Yeah. 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 It's, and that's something I noticed too. And I think, um, it's nothing, it's nothing that's a knock against any of those people, obviously who don't have this, like they have right. either, maybe they have 30,000 Twitter followers or right. however many Facebook likes and, and et cetera. And you kind of, I remember when I started too, I thought, whoever it was the guest that I'd had on and I think sweet now I'm going to get a good number and and then <laughs> right. like 15 people listen or something and and you kind of yeah. it does kind of put into perspective the you know you're just one more tweet 
scrolling by and maybe exactly. most of the people don't actually listen to podcasts or who knows. And yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good lesson to learn, I think, early on. And, and that's where I think, like I said, doing an interview show, it, it, it isn't that you're like, you do, you are at the mercy of your guest a little bit in terms of the audience that they, they've earned and brought with them. But ultimately the survival of your show is going to depend on listeners listening to every episode, no matter who you have on. I guess. And right. So. And, and I, I think, um, that's something that I've worked on a lot. Um, because when I started the show, nobody knew me. I, I didn't have a, a ton of followers on Twitter. I, you know, it was, it was the first, I guess, public thing that I, that I was doing and nobody knew me. And, and I decided from the beginning that I was going to be genuine. I was going to be nice and I was I was going to try to reply to everyone, um, no matter how many you know how many tweets we ended up getting, you know whether they're a lot or or a little, or um, responding to everyone's email. And and I've 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 kept up with that promise. You know, everyone who mentions the show, I immediately reply to them and I say thank you so much for for mentioning the show. I I really hope you liked it. Um, and I've I've seen that that's that has created the the listener loyalty um it, it's that effort to try to make people feel um appreciated and uh um and and that has that has worked wonders for me and it you know i again it's not because i want people to see that or or anything like that it's it's because that's me that's who i am um and, and i think people have liked that and, and that's why people come back to the show uh because i've i've tried to keep communication with them and, and seem, um, to a certain degree, uh, approachable. Yeah. And I think that's, that's certainly something I think people, um, that's sort of a newer almost sentiment among some the, uh, as people rise in popularity, I guess there was kind of maybe, and maybe again, it depends on the circles. You're sort of the peer group that you're in online, but there was kind of a, a bit of a sense of like, well, no, I'm, I'm big and I don't need to respond to everybody. Or it's that, you know, the Merlin man thing of time and attention. And, you know, if I reply to every tweet, then I'm going to just be sitting there replying to tweets all the time. But I think, yeah, for the, the rest of us, so to speak, if I include myself and whatever the numbers are, it doesn't really matter, but you know, to just the same way as if someone paid you a compliment in, uh, phoned you up or left a message on your voicemail or wrote you a letter, you know, I think I agree with you. I think that's a great way to to approach it and to to not get too feel like you're too big. I think someone like a, a Dan Benjamin does a great job, despite I I know the volume that he must get over yeah. and above what um, what us relatively normal folks <laughs> get. Sometimes I can't imagine, but yeah. Well, well, even even Merlin Mann. I, I was listening uh, to Back to Work yesterday night, and I, I think it's the latest episode. And and Merlin was saying that he regularly schedules calls with people he doesn't really know hmm. and just talks to them. And he says, I like doing that. And I like taking time out of my day to do that. Um, and I think that's the way to be. I mean, you know, I was raised that when people talk to you, you respond, Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a weird and, idea. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, it sounds so, so <laughs> logical, right? Um, and, and that's how that's how I treat Twitter. You know, I treat it like if people were talking to me face to face and and some people don't treat it that way, mm-hmm. you know, 
they're they're okay with with saying, yeah, you know, I'm too busy to respond to you. Um, but I mean, if someone were right next to me, looking at me from my desk, talking to me, <laughs> would I ignore them just because I'm busy? No, I would say, <laughs> hey, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I mean, I I don't know. That's that's just the way I look at things. And I think that goes. It, it's one of those things. I think when podcasters, uh, I mean, we can take this to any medium online, but obviously this show is focused on pod- podcasting. But something I think podcasters can overlook in terms of, I just put my show out there. I, you know, it's in iTunes. Go find it. Go leave a comment. Go and uh, listen to it. Reply. But I don't have to do anything else beyond that. Like I'm just producing this awesome show. So that's what I do. I don't do anything else. You know, and uh, and kind of get insular and in uh, their studio or their parents' basement or whatever their right. the arrangement is for their where they record and uh, and not and then wonder why nobody checks in with them because yeah yeah I think as much as like podcasting is an awesome medium where you you do get familiar with someone you think you know them because you hear their voice you know every week let's say right. and that kind of thing you kind of get that familiarity with them but uh, at the same time that interaction which I think going back to the live show that's where it to me, it, it's been awesome the few times when I've done a live show and you do get a listener giving you feedback, asking questions about the interview or discussion, joining in. That's where, it, to me, it just is like a, it's almost a rush of like, okay, this is the community thing I was hoping to build when I started this podcast thing. So, Right, right. And, you know, there, there are people who have, have built their fame, I guess, um, on on being non-responsive or, or being, as I like to say, arrogant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I I decided from from the beginning that I I wasn't going to be that that type of person. And I mean I couldn't be. I, I just again I wasn't raised raised that way. Um, and uh, and personally I feel like I connect better with hosts that are like that. You know. Um, that that are responsive, that uh, don't feel too big for their, you know, for their britches, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and and are nice. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't want to. Ex- I'm just looking over the discussion you had. I didn't have a chance to listen to all of it yet, but the discussion you had on on uh, podcast champion about your show and stuff looks like you went fairly in depth into gear and stuff. Is that, or is that just links that he had uh, maybe pulled out? No, we we it's... did we did talk about gear, yeah. Um, and uh, the one one thing I'll I'll like I said I'll link people to that show if they want to go a little more in depth on some of the stuff you're using, the mic you're using right now, Road Podcaster, which is one that I know uh, uh, Mike Hurley, the episode two on this show, had recommended as well, um, and uh, Audio Hijack Pro, which is great for recording, um, yeah, calls and and Skype calls and things. Um, the one thing I was just going to ask you about is that how you'd mentioned in the links anyways, uh, or sorry, the notes on the show, uh, it said you started with GarageBand, but Adam Stoyakovich, is that how you say his name? Stoyakovich. Uh, Stokoviak. Stokoviak, yes, sorry. Mm-hmm. I can hear it in my head, but then <laughs> I have never said his <laughs> name out loud. Uh, convinced you to switch to Logic Pro. So I'm curious what, what the reasoning that he had given and what sort of yeah. made you switch. Well, when I when I started with the podcast, uh, I I knew GarageBand and I knew how to use Pro Tools because I I had actually I had taken uh, radio and TV courses at, at in college. That was my major, um, 
So I knew Pro Tools really well, but I, I just didn't have the money to buy Pro Tools because it, it cost so darn much. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I... I decided to use GarageBand, and uh, I said, "Well, we'll see. We'll see how this works." Um, and it worked fine uh, for for the. I mean, I I think I produced the first uh, forty episodes with GarageBand, um, and uh, I had I had Adam on my show one time, and then with Adam, you can't you can't ever just have a one hour conversation. You you have to have like two hours of a conversation, which I absolutely <laughs> love. I love talking to that man. He's so awesome. Um, and uh, so we were we were talking after the show recording. You know what we were what were we using? And and uh, and he's like, so what are you using to edit your shows? And I'm like, oh, I, I use GarageBand. And he's like, dude, you got to switch to Logic Pro. And I'm like, uh. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, and then he started talking to me about some of the features that Logic had. And I was like, well, I don't know if I want to spend the money. And he's like, dude, it's a business expense. Just buy it. <laughs> um, so I, I ended up buying, buying, the, uh, uh, buying Logic, and I absolutely love it. I mean, I, I don't know why I produced 40 shows with GarageBand. Um, <laughs> because at, at this point, I have a... I have a custom logic template for every episode that basically already has our our intro music, um, already has the automation in the intro music, already has uh, the different channels and and a lot of the EQ settings that that I set. Um, so it's just perfect. It saves me so much time. Yeah, that's actually. I didn't even think of that as a reason, but I, that's totally what I do. Is the the templates work awesome? Because I do a couple other shows and like, you know, um, where it's it is completely different in intro music and, and cues or non-intro music and different mics setups for different people. And I, I totally use that, but I have never even thought about the, I haven't stepped back to think about the fact that why I'm using it <laughs> and, and how I wouldn't be able to do that with GarageBand, I guess too, is the main thing. And, uh, cause that, um, episode two of this show, Mike Hurley, um, he is, he's doing a big network. I don't know. Are you familiar with some of his stuff? 70 decibels.com. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but he is still using GarageBand, and and we were talking about that a bit. And he's it's for him. It's I think he's just in that workflow right now where he's done it for so long that to switch is going to be a a pain. And he knows he wants to switch, but right. just when he does make the switch, it's going to be a bit of a uh, take that much extra time to sort of get up the learning curve and stuff on it. But well, and and that's the thing. I mean, the first episode that I that I did with Logic took me longer than what I was doing. With GarageBand, but it's so worth it because I mean now I, I just cruise through editing. Um, I I made sure to learn all the keyboard shortcuts, and it's oh man, it is beautiful. I love it. Yeah, yeah. There's a ton of hidden stuff in there that's and uh, yeah, like especially shortcuts and keyboard. Like I still don't. I get nervous when I'm editing audio for some reason more so than if I'm even when I'm editing video in Final Cut or whatever. Where and just because I'm more familiar with Final Cut than I am in Logic, although I'm getting there, but I get nervous. I'm going to hit some key, <laughs> some shortcut key, and like <laughs> everything's going to be in a robot voice, and I'm not going to be able to undo it or whatever. But uh, but yeah, it's I know if I I just basically uh, like we said at the beginning before we start recording, I just sort of jumped into I don't know what would that be mid level, I guess, skipped over the beginner stage and sort of jumped into Logic and the Heil mic and the mixer and stuff, and just thought yeah, I'm going to do this and. And uh, deal with my wife. Wondering I, I'm jealous. Why. I'm jealous of you, <laughs> definitely, uh, because I, I was looking at the 
at the setup that I want. Because right now, like you were saying, I have a Rode Podcaster. I use Audio Hijack Pro. And basically this this microphone hooks into my USB port. Um, but I was I was looking at the setup that I want and it was like twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and I and I said, you know what, right now it's just it would just be very irresponsible of me uh to to spend that much money on on something that's that's not making that back at the moment. But <laughs> um but I'm I'm very jealous of your setup. I've totally looked through through your Flickr photos. Um <laughs> And I was like, man, I want that. <laughs> well, that's I, uh, I I accept your your uh, jealousy, I guess, or whatever. But also, uh, I commend you for having the discipline to not be as dumb as I did and <laughs> <laughs> jump it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we every every podcaster wants to have the maybe not the Leo Laporte setup exactly, but you know, you you drool over the mixers and the cables and the mic yes. stands and the. Six, six, you know, Mac Mini stacked up with every guest coming in and all that kind of stuff, and but uh, but the end of the day, the the podcast, the audio itself, it sounds good, but it's not like until it, <laughs> I guess if I had the money for like a professional engineer to then take the audio that I have, he could probably make he or yeah. she could make it sound that much better than maybe than if I was using a Audio Hijack Pro or something. But I'm not, I don't know enough. I'm uh, yeah, there's way too many knobs <laughs> and dials for me to <laughs> to even begin, well, but. And one here's here's the funny thing that uh, the reason why that price is so huge is because I refuse to buy a mixer that is just knobs. I want the faders. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and but I the thing is, the, the what uh maybe and you probably I I won't say this just for your benefit, but for somebody who's listening, I I thought because of listening to this is the mixer I have is the Mackie uh, Onyx sixteen twenty i which is was at one time, maybe still is the one that Dan Benjamin uses and a bunch of other folks. And it works great for bringing in multiple guests on different channels if you have enough computers. And But it's just everything, the cost just goes up because you, you can't just, like you said, I can't just have multiple guests on one computer. I need a, a separate box if I really wanted to maintain audio fidelity throughout. But anyways, the mixer thing, I kept hearing Dan say, um, riding the faders and stuff when he was talking with his guests, you know, as somebody shouted or got quiet or whatever but the that only comes into play if you're actually doing the live show because right, right right now when i'm talking to you i can adjust your level or my level and unless i'm turning the knob for the gain on that channel it doesn't actually affect the recording in logic right and so it's not quite as fun <laughs> just in terms of like <laughs> what you'd normally because it, it makes sense i guess if you think of like radio where you're, right. you're riding the fader more, but you're actually, because it's going out live to people. And so, um, yeah, when you're doing the live show, then that's where the, the the more fun but complexity of having the faders come into play. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's it stumped me actually for a while. Hopefully maybe somebody this will help somebody else who's just got a, Mac, a mixer and maybe it was like me and didn't really know what they were getting into and sitting here adjusting the fader levels and my audio is not changing at all in logic and why isn't it working and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, tip there, but yeah, I miss radio. That was nice. I, I had, I used this massive console. I think it had, you know, <laughs> it, it was about, it was, it was a good size and it was so fun to, to play around with that. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about because that's one thing I heard in the intro of the other show that you, you were involved in radio at one point. Um, and so again, without rehashing necessarily all this stuff, but what would you say, I guess, for podcasters out there right now who, like me, who didn't take uh, journalism or, or uh, media production or whatever in college at all, what were some things that you learned then that you've applied to podcasting and um, yeah, that, that we carry over? Well, at least in my course, I think um, I, I I actually interviewed uh, uh, the number one morning show in my area, which in San Diego was Jeff and Jer. And um, I went and I interviewed them, and I told them what what is what is the secret to your success? What you know what makes your show so good? And uh, and they told me, you know what, we like to have fun on the radio. We like to have fun on the radio and we, and we feel that when we have fun on the radio, other people have fun on the radio and, and we deeply care for the people that listen to this show. And, um, you know, like I said before, I think that that's something that I've, that I've tried to do, uh, with my show is have a good time with, with the, mm -hmm. with the guest, have a good time, um, and, and deeply care about the people who listen to the show because they're doing you a favor. They are doing you a favor. They're, they're, they're at least in my case, I feel like, you know, they're, they're listening in to something that is a passion of mine and, and they're helping me support it. Um, and, and I, and I really, really appreciate that. I mean, there are other things that, that they teach you, um, like mic technique, you know, how you're supposed to, uh, talk into the microphone and how there shouldn't be dead airspace uh, <laughs> and, and, other, and other things like that. And I've, I've also found those things very, very helpful because, you know, I've, I've heard other podcasts where it's like, you know, you're talking directly into the mic and I can hear all the pops. Right. You got to soften your P's and, and, and your B's there. <laughs> um, and and that's, that's something that, that you would learn if, if you you went to school but it's also something you could learn if if you googled a couple of youtube videos um which you know i've i've done my fair share of i've i've watched so many youtube videos of like professional uh voice actors and things like that and i just find it fun to to see what they do and and their setup so uh, that that's what i would say to people that are that are starting a podcast to 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 get an idea for the craft of of podcasting, I guess, because it's definitely not just uh, sitting in front of a microphone and talking. I think it's it's so much more than that. And and uh, yeah, there are people who you know think that everyone can do it, uh, <laughs> and and I I don't believe everyone can do it. Um, but if you want to do it and it's your passion to do it, then I think I think you will be able to. Yeah, that's a and that's a, a that sentiment, I guess, that everyone can do it is a good carryover. I know from I, my day job too is web design and and uh, marketing and stuff online for businesses and things, and that's a sentiment you bump up against too in that the day job, which I know that's your you're in that industry anyways, in your your day job as well, and of everybody can do it, but then you see what when it looks like sometimes when <laughs> when everybody tries to do it, <laughs> and it's right. like I mean full. Full credit to people for trying it out and people who recognize that they need to learn more and do great. But the people who 
think they know <laughs> what they're doing and then sort of wreck it for the rest right. of us by, uh, by, uh, yeah. Anyways, we won't, uh, go too far down that path, but, um, I think <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the, uh, it's a it's an interesting passion and, and fun th- industry I guess to be in uh, this podcasting thing because it's it's gone in waves a bit of of interest and people doing it and then kind of falling off a bit and then now it's it seems like we're riding another wave where just about everybody um, especially in the web design industry I know like I, I'm sure you see it too where uh, like studio like web design studios are setting up podcast networks and things and it's just it's a right. bit it's a bit odd I think for some of us who've maybe been doing the podcasting thing for a while to see all these uh, different studios and stuff popping up and uh, but it's good I mean it, it only helps to raise everybody's awareness of what podcasting is I think there's pl- still plenty of room for growth and things but but um, yeah yeah and and <clears throat> I mean this <laughs> again this might be this might sound Aryan or or stuck up, but you know, when I, when I see the new shows pop up, I I always say, well, we'll see, we'll see how long you last. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, because I I think some people, uh, definitely underestimate all the work that goes into creating a, a, a show and, and making it, and making it good. Um, because there's, there's a lot of research and there's a lot of planning involved and, um, you know, Dan Dan Benjamin isn't so popular because he just sits in front of the microphone every day. I mean, there's so much work behind it. Um, yeah, and that's why he's been so successful. And and the and the podcasts that are successful, it's because people have realized how much work it is, and they're like, okay, well, you know, I really like this, so I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, going back to well. This- that's I'm, speaking of new shows. This is episode three of this show. Um, I do have other shows at ssktn.com that folks might be interested in listening to interview shows and random stuff. And that's kind of my little venue for trying different ideas and and shows and with friends and stuff like that. But um, it is uh, I'm still sort of fleshing out the flow of this show, and uh, that's something I think is is an idea that people don't often sort of take into account too is just the it's particularly when you're doing an interview show where you, I don't always know what someone like you would bring to the table and I guess what's nice about this show it's a bit of a uh loaded deck in terms of interviewing another podcaster cuz I know that they know how to talk at least <laughs> that's sort of a a basic level of uh of aptitude I guess that, that a guest brings right. to the table and I know when I've done other interview shows it's you sometimes you kind of like um you get a guest on who you think is really good at or is really passionate about their thing in whatever arena it is. Maybe it's just, you know, writing CSS, but then actually talking about it is, is just the furthest thing from their mind in terms of being interesting and doing. Yes. And, uh, and then that gets back to dead air and awkward, <laughs> awkward pauses. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm just saying, I apologize in advance for people as we sort of jump around topic wise, but I hope it feels to me the natural way that this show could, should go. Cause I think it's, there's just different jumping off points as we, as we discuss. So, um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, um, this goes back to something that Dave Rupert in episode one of this show was, was mentioning as far as audio file hostings, going back to the technical side, uh, right. cause I noticed you had mentioned you use Amazon S3 for hosting. Is that still hosting your media files on? Yes, that's still true. That's that's what I'm still doing. And uh, there, there's uh, within podcasting, there tends to be kind of like there's the Libsyn group of 
people using Libsyn.com for hosting, mm-hmm. which is what I happen to be using now. And I'm just always curious whenever I've been using it for a long time, but I, and I, so I haven't really done a lot of research into anything else just cause it's what I do. Um, you know, you sort of settle into a routine, but, uh, right. curious what your take is on using Amazon S3 versus something like a Libsyn or a, another media host that you've come well, across. Well, it, it's funny because I feel the same way, but for Amazon S3, like I, I didn't do much research in terms of um, of where I would host host these files. Right. Uh, give me a second. I. <clears throat> All right. Let me let me start that again. <laughs> I I would say that I'm the same with Amazon S3 because when I started, I, I didn't really think about where I was gonna host the files and. Uh, but I, I've ended up, I really like Amazon S3. Can you hear the fridge in the background? No. Is this a no. joke? No. <laughs> no, that's not a joke. No, I, my, my son is uh, in kindergarten. I happened to pick him up the other day, and I heard one of the kids say the joke that I heard when I was in kindergarten, say, is your fridge running? And my son's like, I don't know. And then the kid said, no. well, you should better go catch it. And my son was like, okay. He didn't know what the... <laughs> Yeah, anyways. No, <laughs> no I knew you weren't no, too, actually. My, my my refrigerator just, you know, it, it cools every once in a while and it just turned on. So I, I, oh, I yeah. wanted to make sure that that wasn't going to come through. No, I can't. Yeah, no, we're all good. Okay. Um, but, oh, geez, let me start again. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I would say that I'm the same with, with Amazon S3. I didn't really do much research into what would be the best way to, to host these files. But... Um, but what I liked about Amazon S3 is that it was, it, it it wasn't any money up front, and and that's that's what I needed from the beginning because I, I didn't have any money, um, and 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 the nice thing is that uh, the first couple of months since basically nobody was listening, I didn't get charged much money. <laughs> um, but as time has gone on, I've seen I've seen how that number can increase and increase and increase and uh. That that starts to that starts to hurt. I think my last bill was like eighty something, yeah, eighty something dollars, which oh. isn't isn't that bad. So, <clears throat> yeah, and that's where I, that's what I was talking about with Dave too. Uh, is because it's it's foreign to me. Like I um I get the sense, I guess, what I've noticed is people who come from the web design community, like yourself and Dave, would be that way too bring over the the idea of using Amazon Web Service S3 stuff because it's what they're familiar with maybe from apps they've developed or or sites for right. content distribution networks for bigger traffic sites and things like that. And then exactly. And then the sort of I'm I, I I don't consider myself an expert in in the web industry. I it's what I do, but it's not uh whereas podcasting was something I was interested in way before and I always heard it about Libsyn because Leo Laporte kept talking about it so from way back in the day. Yeah. And uh and it was that was sort of the the slant I took. So it'll be interesting to see, I guess, over the episodes and the peop- the various people I interview. I guess just a mental poll of <laughs> the different services people use, because because I would think yeah. uh, without knowing all the details of of S three, I think you on Libsyn you could probably be paying about thirty bucks a month. But uh, I know each month is different with S three. That's the only you can have somewhere it's less and then somewhere it's more, and so. So right. I'm just saying yeah, there might you know be what? like I, a, might, I might have to look into that. <laughs> it's uh but again I know it's uh, it's just that trouble of like um 
spending time on the workflow of producing podcasts or just actually producing right. the podcast and you only have so much time to produce so that's the fun thing that's why you're doing what you're doing and uh yeah yeah so yeah i, I might have to look into that though because i think at this point like a a, a steady charge of 30 dollars would beat out some of the bills that i've gotten <laughs> so um yeah i i, I have to look into that <laughs> And then you're using, uh, I'm assuming, looks. I would guess it's WordPress you're using for content management, and um, yes, and various yeah, PodPress plugin is one popular plugin. It looks like you're using, and so, um, yep, that that's, seems to be sort uh, of the. Yeah, I I love WordPress. I mean, I I work with WordPress every day for work. Um, so it was just natural to to use it for for the East Wing, um, and and PodPress is just great. I love it. I, I I love how how easy it is to to just um, upload your file and and get all the iTunes XML stuff squared away. So mm-hmm. yeah, so there's probably going to be uh, that's that the WordPress plugin for podcasting is probably I think there's PodPress is is one popular one I've seen a couple of folks using, and then PowerPress yeah. is another one from Blueberry. That's the one I I've switched to using a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's again, what you're comfortable with. And I don't think either one is going to be that much better or worse than the other, but, um, yeah, it's good to have this, um, plethora, I guess, of podcasting plugins. Cause I remember back in the day of when I first started podcasting, doing it all manually and having to have a separate app for building an XML file. And, Oh yeah, no, it's just painful for oh, uh, getting things <laughs> that going. That sounds so. painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, when you when you go to create a podcast, if you if you go to iTunes, um, they give you all of all of the different things that you have to put into your XML feed. Um, which I mean, if you're if you're a developer, makes sense from a technological standpoint. But uh, but yeah, I I don't want to I don't want to write a feed myself. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, and then maybe getting into, I guess, with with a bit of, uh, you talked about numbers as far as what you're paying for, uh, you paid for S3 and stuff, but um, flipping that the other way of, of sponsorship and sponsors and um, pitching and, and stuff like that. And that's a, another area that I know is for a lot of podcasters is kind of like this, either this gray mystery area where some, right. some people get rich and other people starve <laughs> yeah. and uh, there's nothing in between, it seems. And so, um, yeah, what's your comments, I guess, as far as, I guess when did you first start approaching sponsors or did they approach you and and what how did you start into that whole avenue? Right. So um man, I gotta clear my throat again. That's all right. <laughs> <clears throat> uh okay, so on on the sponsorship, I I believe in full transparency transparency. So I I'll I'm I'm free to to say numbers that I've been that I've been using. Um when I first started, uh, I didn't know you could make money from this. <laughs> so, well, you're probably one of the most honorable people then <laughs> in podcasting. If you're, yeah, I, I, I didn't know I <laughs> could naive. make money from for doing it, and uh, so I I didn't I didn't contact any sponsors or anything like that. Um, a couple of shows in, I realized, oh my goodness, there there's some other podcasts that have like sponsors on them um at the time i i was really getting into like five by five and and all of the podcasts that are on there and um 
So I approached the first company that I felt was like awesome and, and I used their product. I approached Harvest and, and I told them, hey, I would love if you sponsor my podcast. And they're like, how many listeners do you have? And I was like, well, I have like, like a thousand maybe. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I looked at the stats and, and by episode number six, um, I had about I had about twelve hundred people listening, which which was nice, and uh, so I I told I told Harvest, look, I have I have about twelve hundred people listening. Um, if you want to sponsor the show, it costs sixty bucks. Was that just and, a, it was just a number you pulled out of your head, kind of thing? Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my father would call it a paduma. Um, <laughs> uh, pulled it directly out of my ass. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know if you have to edit that out later, but no, no, uh, that's okay. <laughs> um, so, so I, I, I told him, you know, it's sixty bucks, and uh, and uh, he got back to me, and and he's like, sure, we'll do it. So they sponsored one show. They, I think, they sponsored uh, Chris Coyer's show. Um, that's a good one to sponsor. Yeah, he's a going. <laughs> I know from other shows he's been on, he is a guy who, I don't know what your experience was, but he brings his audience goes with him. That's uh, oh, insanely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it it was great. Yeah. Anyway. Um well, and again, it's it's because of the person Chris is, you know. Yeah. Um he's such a nice and down-to-earth guy. So uh so so yeah, that that was the first time that I that I had a sponsor on the show. Um I I think our first like month long uh sponsorship was Tower, which is um an application for Git, and they actually got in touch with me. Which was, which was surprising. I think as as time passed by, um, more people would would approach me, um, and and we do get quite a few requests for sponsorship. There are some that you know are are definitely not what we're looking for. Um, there was this guy the other day; he was trying to sell SEO, and he <laughs> wanted to, and he wanted to sponsor the show. And and I told him, you know, that's that's not something I particularly believe in, so I, I can't. You know, I yeah. wouldn't want to have that as a sponsor. And and I tried to be as nice and respectful as possible because, you know, that's that's what they do for work. And and I don't I don't want to disrespect them in any way. Um so but but yeah, that that's that's the that's the that's what's going on with the sponsorships. And and now we're selling um the month long sponsorship for three hundred dollars. Um which I, I think some people would say is low. Um I mean, compared, I think uh, Mule Radio actually displays their uh, their prices, and uh, and I would I would think that's low because they they charge about for the for the bottom shows they charge three hundred dollars an episode, um, so you know maybe yeah. that's low, but at the same time you know I'm I'm not in this to to get rich. Uh, it three hundred dollars pays um, for the hosting and and doesn't really pay for my time, but. That's fine. I mean, the the show is is going on and and everything is paid for. So uh, I, I like that number and 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 I feel that the companies that I've told that number to, it's 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 big enough to be able to 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 have money in the bank for the show, um, but it's small enough for them to say, sure, we'll do it without hesitating. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah probably an easy number as far as budget wise for them and their marketing overall. Right, uh, annual or whatever budget to just quickly cut a check and not have to have committee meetings about 
<laughs> which is nice yeah. for you because it it saves you probably spending less time hassling or haggling over the price of a sponsorship deal and explaining stuff than and just be able to again going back to just doing the show that's what you're that's why you're in this not to like you said not to get rich so um right and was there a reason you settled on the i'm guessing probably just because it's easier to manage but like on a month-long thing versus a per episode and and things like that well um and advice i guess you give what ended up happening is that some companies were like well we only want to sponsor this uh, this show with such and such person and then Two weeks later, we want to sponsor this show with that person. Um, and at first, I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I can remember to, to make sure that there's extra copy on that, on that episode and make sure to link them up. And then I said, you know, forget this. You know, if they either want to sponsor the whole show or not. And uh, so that's what I started telling companies. You know, we don't, we don't offer a single episode type of thing. You either sponsor the whole show or you don't. And, uh, and at this point, you know, like the, the last person that I told for, um, for a single episode, I told him, you know what, it's, it's $300. It's the same amount you would pay for, for uh, the full month. So just buy the full month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and I like doing it that way because I think a full month gives me time not only to, to, to be able to like craft the message that I'm trying to say, better for for the company but as well you know the listeners listen to it for four shows and they're like you know i'm hoping that by the fourth show you know those people who haven't yet checked out um what the sponsor is will will say all right finally you know what fine i'll look (laughs) i'll look and see what it is you know um and 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 that means a lot to me because quite honestly the sponsors help help me make the show Um, and I, and I need of their help. And, um, you know, when, when the listeners go and, and see the sponsor and, uh, and use our promotional codes, uh, if we have one for that sponsor, you know, that means a lot to me because that, that just tells the company that, Hey, we can bring them more business, um, which will in turn make us more money. So, (laughs) uh, that's, it's, it's a good thing for us. And do you do just from a technical standpoint, do you do like, obviously the, each episode has its own sponsor. So like. Um, I'm just looking at one episode with Jared Spool, for example, that was sponsored by, it looks like Harvest probably. Um, yeah, because there's a coupon code for 50% off. Um, but then you are you have a site sponsored by Media Temple, or is that the current sponsor? And those, do you know what I'm saying? That That is the current sponsor. Right. So um, the, the sidebar ads get changed every month. Right. So they, they don't get... Uh, they they don't get to stay on their on that um, post or whatever. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Um, and and that's also the reason why I stopped doing single episode sponsorships was because it's kind of unfair. <laughs> um, because a single episode sponsorship, I mean, they they get to be on there for as long as as uh, as the episode is up. Um, but the but the the sidebar sponsorship changes every month and. I don't know. I, in in my personal opinion, and I've and I've heard people say, you know, people can take ad reads. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but I, I I try not to bombard the listeners with um, with ads. And and I think you know one sponsor should be able to pay for for all of our expenses for a month. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like the approach. It's it's something I'm wrestling with with SSKTN and just different ways to do it and numbers. It's not there yet that I can justify it, but it's something I want to plan for. And uh, and yeah, it's I think from a technical standpoint, too, this is where I thought maybe you were going. Is it's just tough to manage? Like, okay, did. Uh, whoever harvest sponsor the interview with Dave Rupert and then you know do I keep the <laughs> widget there and how do I have to manage that widget then for that page and it just becomes a convoluted mess of <laughs> of stuff well, and what what's what's funny is that the first the first iteration of this site didn't take into consideration how sponsorships would work <laughs> so they looked horrible well that was before it's, you knew you could make money or charge for sponsors. right <laughs> The, the second iteration was a little bit better, but personally, I feel like this, the, where the, the ad is now just works perfectly because the, the sponsor gets, um, you know, their, their logo and, uh, and the description of, of what they're doing, um, on, on the homepage and on the, on the episode page. Um, and really that's, that's not what they're paying for, uh, like like my friend Adam Sokoviak would say, they're paying for the ad read, um, and, and they're paying for uh, the trust that comes with that ad read. And and I think that that is that as as time has gone by, that's what I sell more, which is you know people like my show, people trust me, and uh, and and they will react to the way that I present your company. Um, and again, you know, I, I don't, I don't allow any sponsors that I either haven't used or that I want to use. Um, and media temple, I just love them. They, they host all of my sites and, and I've been, uh, amazed time and time again with how responsive their customer service is. I don't think I've ever seen a company that is so responsive with their customer service. And, um, so it's just easy for me to talk good about them, to, to, to talk them up. And, and I hope that, that people listening, you know, see that and, and then say, Hey, you know, maybe I should host my sites with media temple. Um, so anyway, that, that's, that's the way I look at sponsorships. So if media temple listens, there's a free ad read for you and you can get in touch <laughs> with me if you want to. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. No, I'm no, sorry. it's, uh, that's what's, it's interesting. Actually, it's, it's something I need to think about because with this show, like, I mean, obviously I'll, I'll, I'll. Once the show has some legs and I, you know, will look at sponsorship and all that kind of stuff. But within the show itself, almost a meta discussion is about sponsorship. And so it's happened too with Mike in episode two and Dave in episode one, where they're talking about their sponsors and, and they do that. Like it's almost like a natural thing because they are, I think that's what, what's awesome about a lot of the sponsors, not everyone, but that I've heard, but a lot of the ones I've heard is it's just stuff that I would talk about anyways. And they're just happy to support what I'm doing or what you're doing and, and, uh, you know, work that way. But I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, you'd, you would probably be uh, now media temple, just stop listening right now, but you'd probably talk about them anyways, cause they're a great well, service, you know? Again. And, and that's, that's the thing, you know, it, that's, that's the added benefit that comes with, you know, having sponsors that are, that are, that are companies that you support. I mean, I, I would talk, uh, all of these sponsors up, whether they paid me money or not. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's, that's a nice thing for me. So yeah, well, uh, hopefully they weren't listening to that last <laughs> sentence, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, how much time do I have a little bit more time or what's your schedule here? I know we're pushing into an hour. I, I have as much time as you, as you need, man. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll go for the four hour episode. No, 
<laughs> nice. For our episode today. No. Um, there was, I lost my notes here. Uh, talk amongst yourselves, speaking of dead air. <laughs> that's the benefits of not producing this live. I can edit this yeah. out. Actually, that's a discussion I was going to say is um, editing your shows. Right. Do you do you do much post editing, or do you just flip it? And that's something I know Mike Hurley. When I was talking to him, he they basically just flip it and and put, publish, and whatever is said is presumed to be on air, unless there's you know <laughs> f bombs that get dropped or whatever and, and things like that. But what's your approach to that? Discussion? Well, um, the first couple of episodes again were just terrible, um, <laughs> and. I mean, if you look, if, if you if you listen to the first couple of episodes, they're terrible edited. <laughs> Just imagine how horrible they were uh, before editing. But as time has gone by, and you know what? Uh, just as a quick side note, it's funny because I, I was thinking yesterday that I should probably invite back the first couple of people I had on the show <laughs> and tell them, look, I was nervous the first time. I sucked at this. Let's try this again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but as, as time has gone by, I felt more comfortable talking with people that I don't know for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've noticed that the time that I spend editing is less and less, you know, uh, at this point, I feel like I try to record the show live, like if it's live and, um, you know, it, I, I, the only things I edit out at this point are like, you know, I, I had to clear my throat or coughs or, um, or anything like that. But other than that, uh, the way that we recorded the show is the way that it's, that it's now being, uh, published to the world. Um, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, again, maybe this is the reoccurring theme of this episode is just, you know, doing the reason you got into this was to podcast, not to spend hours and hours editing, not spend hours and hours (laughs) negotiating sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, I think that's a, a great, obviously I know the feeling of, I don't really want to go back and listen to the first couple of episodes when I interviewed somebody and just <laughs> fumbling all over my, well, I should, as I fumbled <laughs> yeah. two minutes ago, but, but, uh, I mean, there's even a comfort level with that where you, you, you know, that your listeners, you trust your listeners have that trust that you're going to find your way and, and keep going with it. And, uh, the, the workflow that you do use when you, you know, let's say you're, re- this is your show and you're recording it. Do you put a marker down when there's things that you notice or do you just sort of go back and listen to it all over again and, and, uh, and I, I listen to the show about three times before it gets published. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I listen to it once when we're recording it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that counts. Um, I listen to it again while I'm editing it and I listen to it a third time in iTunes um, before I, I upload it. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> that might be too much. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I feel that that works for me. It, it's not too much, uh, time. I mean, when you really think about it, that's like three hours that you just spent listening to one show, but, um, <laughs> and yourself, that I is, think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of time. Uh, listening to but, yourself talk, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like I said before, I, I think it's nice because um, now I record the show well enough, like if it's live. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to a taping of a show, but you but I've noticed that like I, I went to a show of Conan once mm-hmm. and uh, and Conan O'Brien has the thing down so well that they just move through segments 
um, with relative ease. I mean, it, it just flows. The show flows. And I think that that's what I've gotten better at as time goes by, where, you know, we record the show and it just flows from the beginning. There's not much editing to do. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I listen to the show back just to make sure that there wasn't anything that I missed. Um, I also listen to the show again so that I can collect all the show notes because I don't do that while I'm recording with the guests. Oh, interesting. Um, and, and there's a reasoning behind that as well. Like people have asked me, Tim, how, how do you formulate the follow-up question? And I told them follow-up questions will come to you if you're listening to the guest. Yeah. Uh, and, and that, that is my, one of my biggest gripes actually <laughs> with, with, with some podcasts that, that you almost feel like the host is so worried about what the next question is going to be, uh, that it doesn't feel like a conversation. doesn't feel like he's listening to the guests. And, and that's what I try really hard to do. I try to just listen to the guests and, uh, and there are always follow-up questions that come out through, through what they're saying. And that's how it, I feel that it, it feels more like a conversation. And, and I, try, I try not to do anything else um, while we're talking so that, you know, they have my full attention. I mean, uh, they're, they're giving me out of their time. So, um, so I, I don't collect show notes throughout the recording. I, I tend to do that um, while I listen to the show later. Right. Sorry, I was just checking Twitter. What were you saying there about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that is oh, interesting because it's man. yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely kidding. I, I, I. You can totally tell. I mean, if somebody's new to the craft, then for sure they're going to be nervous and sort of jumping all over the place. Yeah. But then you can tell when it's uh, somebody who's has maybe you know twenty episodes in, but they're still kind of just obviously surfing the web, checking Twitter, and and then yeah. waiting for their opportunity to jump in, and yeah, which um. Going back to sort of a discussion, one one rabbit trail or back from a rabbit trail, maybe I'm not sure which way we, we went, but um, interviewing somebody you don't know is something I wanted to talk about because that was actually my, I want with this show itself, show me your mic, I wanted to be very intentional by talking to you who I don't know. And that's almost why I didn't listen to a bunch of your episodes. I mean, I, I'd hope to have more, a general sense, uh, just scheduling didn't work out for me this week to listen to more episodes in, in advance, but um yeah, to talk to somebody who I haven't actually talked to uh, or listened to a lot, but be able right. to see if we can carry on a conversation. And um, and that, I think, is a learned technique for sure, because uh, it is odd to sit. I'm sitting here staring at my computer, and you're you know down however many miles, kilometers south of me, not <laughs> never having met, may never actually meet in real life, and... Um, but having a good conversation that somebody would want to listen to is a, you know, a technique, a skill and uh, something to practice obviously. But and so that's why I wanted to get early on in the show, get an, ep an interview like that sort of under the, under my belt, so to speak. And uh, what are some, do you have some techniques that you've learned as far as being able to interview somebody who you don't know or haven't heard a lot of before? Um, I, I think it, it's, uh, it has to do with getting over that no nervousness. I think at least for me, most of the guests that I, that I've interviewed, I know, and I've been following for years. Um, and the first couple of shows, like you, you notice that, uh, I'm, I'm like a fanboy, hosting a show. Right. And I, and I wanted to change that. Um, and, and actually again, Adam Stachowiak helped me a lot with that too, because he's like, you know, these people, 
they put on their pants one leg at a time too, you know. <laughs> and and that's what I have to constantly remind myself. You know, we're we're all humans. We're all trying to to do our best, um, whatever you know, whatever industry or or craft we're doing. Um, and I try not to get nervous with the guests, even you know when they're when they're huge people like Andy Clark. Um, I I you know a- Andy Clark is just one example of of the many big names that that have been so gracious to be on my show. And I try not to get nervous with them, you know, because um, they're people just like me. And, and I feel that that has helped me a ton uh, to, to not get nervous and, and has helped me with, with that thing of, you know, interviewing people that you don't know. Um, and I, I do a lot of research on the guests. I mean, I borderline stock everybody <laughs> <laughs> that comes onto the show. I, I Google them and I, I read, I read their blog. I read their personal site. I, I listen to any other interviews that they've done. I read other interviews that they've done um, because my goal is to ask them a question that will just make them go on and on. I love asking those questions. When you can, when you can know what the passion of that person is and then just push that button that just gets them going. Mm-hmm. That's Yeah, exactly. That's... Uh... Totally. I think that's why I'm loving this podcasting discussion I'm having with people because, again, we love to talk. But I'm, I guess I say that, but I love to hear people talk about the things that they're passionate about. And, <laughs> and by stacking a deck, so to speak, of picking just people within podcasting, knowing that they are able to talk and, and then we'll go on and on because they don't often get to talk about themselves or, <laughs> you know, because we, hopefully we're, we're, we do a better job of listening than talking. Um, often and, and but yeah that totally i think sums up what makes a good podcast and it, i don't think it just apply and here i go on a rant when i'm supposed to be interviewing you but <laughs> and letting you talk that's i guess breaking some rules but um no, what was i gonna say oh yeah like even it, it applies especially to an interview show where you you know i'm interviewing you and i want you to obviously talk about the thing that you love and in this case, podcast, but even on a discussion show, you can totally, like if there's a three or four person discussion, which is hard to do on Skype as it is, let alone right. four opinionated different people about uh, <laughs> topics such as CSS or, or whatever, being able to sit and listen, but then interject when, when appropriate, I think is, is a skill more people probably need to learn. So, um, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, the, and, and that's something that I've, I've really tried to do on the show which is that uh, I, I ask the question and I stay silent um, for the most part. I mean, I, I interject a, an occasional, right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I stay silent and I let them talk out. And sometimes it's interesting because guests will, uh, will go on a rant and, and they might go into a tangent, but then they'll bring themselves back <laughs> to the original question and I, I find that very entertaining, um, and I and I just let them talk, and and uh, for me, I feel that that's kind of become something uh, very nice about the show, which is I I as the host, I'm there to guide the conversation, but I I don't I don't guide it strictly, you know. Um, I, I let the host take it, I let the guests take it where they want to take it, and and again, that comes back to the question thing as well. Um, if I had a, 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 a set list of questions that I wanted to ask this person, I feel like I would be guiding the conversation every single time. 
Um, but what ends up happening is that the guest takes it somewhere else. And then I ask questions based on um, what they're talking about. And, and I, I like the way that that conversation turns out. Yeah. And that's exactly like my struggle with this show is uh, on the surface when I started uh, was just like, okay, we're just going to talk about the mics and the, you know, gear and workflow and which is interesting. And, it, right. and certainly there's a, there's a bit of, and that's where um, I think I, I was pitching somebody to be on this show for a future episode. And I, I haven't got confirmation yet, so I don't say anything, but they, their response was kind of like, well, I don't really want to talk about gear. Cause we, you know, we just have a basic gear set up and, and it's not something I really know anything about. And, and then after having done a couple episodes of the show, I sent back an email and said, look it, you know, it's a 60 minute show, give or take. And we spend maybe 20 minutes, if that talking gear, cause there's just so much more interesting stuff to talk about. Right. And, and like you said, like I have my notes of things that I want to talk about, but you know, we've gone all over the map and hopefully people have enjoyed the journey, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just letting, in this case, you, uh, the guest or whatever guide that discussion is way more interesting than if I was just trying to stick to, no, now we're going to talk about software going back. So let's, you know, <laughs> right. so speaking of software, no, I'm just, that's another joke. Uh, <laughs> bad joke. Uh, maybe what I'll end with, uh, is, uh, what I've been asked the last couple of guests anyways, is some podcasts that you listen to. And we've alluded to, you know, five by five and, and mule and, and other networks and and bigger shows, but maybe some specific shows. Um, one thing I liked with what uh, Mike and Dave, I think ended up doing was there's a couple of the obvious ones that people probably have heard of, but if there's maybe a couple of shows that you listen to that are a little more obscure that people might not have heard of, um, I'd love to hear what those two. Sure. Um, I forgot to prep you with that too. So. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. I I I had listened to the other shows, so okay. I already had iTunes open. You did your um, research. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's like uh you know it, it's like the classic battle of of a of a uh, of an agent going against another agent. You know they right. they can't really kill themselves <laughs> because they know each other's tricks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So there are a couple of podcasts that I listen to religiously. And uh, I've said before that I don't really listen to interview shows um, because, again, it, for me, it's, it's, sometimes it's frustrating to listen to another interview show. Um, but it, mostly it's like, you know, if I want to talk to that person, I'll have them on my own show. <laughs> but uh, there are some interview shows that are, that are interestingly in my queue. But I'll start off with Geek Friday. I, I love this podcast. Um, I listen to it religiously every week. It's with Jason Cipher and uh, and Faith Corpy. It's on Five by Five, and uh, they they just talk about geeky things. I don't know. I I would I would love to be their friend. Um, <laughs> so so I I love that podcast. Um, another one I listen to is Founders Talk by Adam Stachowiak. Um and Adam does a couple of podcasts, Founders Talk, The Change Log, The Industry. Personally, my, my favorite um, is, is Founders Talk uh, because, I don't know, but Adam, Adam has a, a special quality to have such good conversations with people. And, um, you know, everyone on Founders Talk is, is a founder and has an interesting story of how they're, they're they're running their business or how they started their business. And, uh, Adam is just so passionate about that, about that conversation that, that it really translates into, into a great show. 
Um, and and the the other one that I that I really listen to is Shop Talk, um, Shop Talk show by by Dave Rupert and and Chris Coyer. I listen to that show religiously as well because I I feel that that the help and the advice and uh, and a lot of the front end development talk is is so entertaining for me. Um, and as a last one, I, I wake up every morning to the frequency. I listen to that show live, um, and, and I have it on my phone. So when I, when I'm waking up, uh, I'm hearing Dan Benjamin and Hattie Cook. So those are the podcasts I listen to. Nice. That's a good, uh, good cross section of, uh, of different topics and discussions and, uh, as well as plugging previous guests of this show. <laughs> and Dave Rupert does. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be working my way up, I think, to eventually chatting with Dan sometime on this show, but uh, we'll, I'll wait a while. I've tried. Before. It's Have very tried? difficult. Yeah, I know. That's a, I get that sense for sure. He, he's, he's one of the only two people that have, that have said no to being on my show. And it's funny because I, I emailed him and I said, Dan, will you be on my show? And he emailed me back and he's like, you know, I'm not really interested in talking about design and that's, that's what your show is about. And I emailed him back and I said, Dan, if you are on my show, I will talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. <laughs> Just be on my show. Um, and, uh, but, you know, he's a busy guy. And, and, uh, but I, I, I will keep pestering him until, he, <laughs> until he's on the show. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe that's a little... Uh... We we can have a competition, so you can get Dan first. And <laughs> I, if, if there's there anything in my favorites that I'm, we're talking about podcasting, which I know you could, I could probably just hit record and just let him go, and I wouldn't have to even ask anything. <laughs> just, yeah. But uh, and then uh, the follow up, I guess, which I, did, I don't think I asked in the other episodes, but I inferred was uh, apps you use to listen to podcasts or programs or whatever we're calling it these days. But <laughs> what are you using to listen to? Uh, well, unfortunately I'm using iTunes on, <laughs> on the Mac. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't like iTunes. I wish, I wish there was like a podcasting app for the Mac that just yeah. basically subscribed you to podcasts. And I had an idea of building my own thing. And then I, I started learning Mac app development. I was like, this is horrible. No, I'm not doing this. <laughs> um, and then on, on, uh, on the iPhone, I, I have the podcast app, um, from Apple. You know, if they would just make the podcast app on the iPhone, on the Mac, they would be perfect because that's all it does. It it subscribes you to podcasts, and and that's that's what I do. The nice thing is, I mean, I don't really have a commute. I work from home, uh, so most of the time I'm I'm listening to podcasts um, on uh, on the Mac or, like I said, you know, before before I go to bed or or when I wake up. Right. So you're running sort of the stock setup, as it were. I guess if there's a, if there ever yeah, was a, an Apple stock setup. For, <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, the apologetic attitude almost that people are taking these days towards iTunes. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I listen through iTunes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's such as the way it is. So where can folks uh, find you, follow you, stalk you if they want to have you on their future episode of their show? What uh, What's the best way to do that? Oh, that'd be very nice. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it you know, I'm I'm very open to helping out anybody who who wants to start a podcast. Um they can follow me on Twitter as T Tim Smith. Um or they can read my blog at timothybsmith.com and uh, be sure to check out the East Wing at theeastwing.net. And where does the name come from? 
<laughs> That's what I, I meant to ask you way at the beginning. Now I just uh... the the East Wing. I used to joke that I lived in the East Wing of our house um, back when I lived with my folks, and I I started recording the show uh, in uh-huh. in my room, um, and so I I said, well, what should I call it? And I I just called it the East Wing because I was in the East Wing of my house, uh, <laughs> and that name just stuck. And so that's that's what I ended up using. There you go. So my thanks to Tim Smith for chatting with me in this episode of Show Me Your Mic. You can find this episode and many others at SSK, well, two others for now, at SSKTN.com. Look for the Show Me Your Mic logo, and there's other shows there. Um, so Tim, my appreciation. I, I just wanted to particularly thank you for your honesty and disclosure with sponsorship and listener numbers, and I think that's just something that is awesome to hear about and gives people a real picture into what's going on behind the scenes. And, um, so I appreciate well, that. I, uh, I appreciate you, Chris. Uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. I, it's, it's been a blast. My thanks to you folks for listening and, uh, whoever and wherever you are, you can follow me on uh, Twitter. I'm I Chris and, uh, SSKTN is on Twitter as well at SSKTN. And thanks for listening. Have a great day.